0: Have have any of you guys ever, even once, thoroughly read one of those things? No.
1: Are you crazy?
2: Only the the ones that make you scroll to the end before it'll let you click OK. Like, (laughs) it's it's like, I know you didn't read that stuff. Please. 2014, this is episode 100 of Yats. Heck yes, everybody. Episode 100 of Yats. uh, Every week, Wednesday evening, usually. Yet another techshow.com. Definitely check it out. I'm Matt Lee. That's Ant Pruitt. What's going on, Ant?
3: What's going on, Mr. Lee? Happy 100 episodes. Hey,
2: happy 100 indeed. Uh, Eric Finkamir from Attack the Androids also with us. What's up,
4: man? Not much congrats, guys. I know I know two two are missing, but 100 episodes is really cool. Hey, they will be so thanks here. For letting me be on. <laughs> They will be
2: here shortly. I just didn't want to delay anymore. No All judgment.
4: right. also Nick Carroll from uh, AOTA
5: joining us. hey guys, glad to be back uh, on a special episode
3: <laughs> Yeah, baby.
2: Good stuff. So uh, we should start out first. We we mentioned this on AOTA a little bit last night because it it had like just kind of came out and nobody was really for sure what like the specifics were. But uh, Google getting Songza, we said what it was rumored like fifteen million, and we kind of made fun of that because that was like a like what what is fifteen million in these billion dollar uh, acquisitions and everything, right? So I guess thirty nine million still not instagram level i guess column,
3: but, but that's a, a good chunk talent happy.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> i'd be happy with like one of those millions <laughs> Shit. Jeez. but yeah so is that is 39 is that the solid number or is that just rumored that's just somebody just that's familiar with the deal who was not actually authorized to speak about the terms, but went ahead anyway and said that Google paid more than thirty-nine million. More than, so you can say Google paid more than one dollar, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> like, okay, that's helpful. I'll be curious to Real see helpful. exactly what it what it was.
3: Yeah, that that number is still a little small, but um, when you dig a little more into that into that piece you see that they talked about um, making it more of a curation platform for Google Music. And I thought Google Music already had this functionality built in where if you pick one of your songs that you've already uploaded, there's kind a button of. that says start radio station. Yeah, yeah. And it starts to radio. That's if you have all access, of course. Yeah. And it Not, start a radio station. Doesn't it do that anyway?
2: Or do you have to have all yeah. access? It, it won't do it? It won't just like make a radio station out of what
3: you've uploaded, or well, yeah, it'll or do purchase. it with your yeah whatever you upload it to. But That's it right.
2: does it yeah. better with all access because then there's a broader database of tunes to choose from.
3: Of course, of course. But I, I didn't quite get that. Maybe again, it's the people that wrote the code over there, so to speak, at Songs. And maybe they're just really that untalented and. I would love to see what any amoeba does to a, parasite, to a paramecium. <laughs>
2: it, it would be cool instead of – because I always do this. There's so much music on there, and I really like how it it knows that like what I listen to. So when new stuff comes out, it's like, oh, hey, this – like today the new sadistic came out on RhymeStars. It was really good. So it was like, hey, this is out. It would be cool instead of trying to think of what to listen to, like through this giant library that you have, if you could just be like, here's what I feel like or here's what I'm doing. If it knows Mm -hmm. if I'm writing, I don't want things with lyrics, so it's going to drop some gnarly dub, drum and bass, step, whatever. But it knows if I'm just kicking back, like just chilling, maybe I want to listen to a little Snoop Dogg. I don't know.
4: I'm asking you, Songza. Well, maybe that's version two. Um, (laughs) I mean, the way that it currently works is, you know, according to Songza. Yeah, Google's whole thing is that they, you know, they do everything. I mean, there's probably a Python script out there that's, you know, that's like, you know, you're listening to Eminem, so you would also like to listen to Vanilla Ice or something like that. But what they're doing is, no judgment, what they're doing <laughs> is uh, they, have, they have these playlists based around activities. So um, you could have, like, unwinding, and the playlists are created by, quote, music experts. So, currently, there's a human doing what Google is currently doing via um, via the automated means. Yeah.
5: Yeah, an algorithm compared to human, you know, choice. So, it'd probably be good to add that. Like, the uh, Beats audio service also uses uh, a team of people selecting songs and placing them into a, a playlist. And that, now that's under, you know, Apple's belt since Apple now owns Beats. So... It's not surprising that Google would try to get some similar capability, although for a lot less money. So,
2: Mike Rothman joining well, us. Happy 100 episodes, sir. Hey,
1: Mike. Happy 100 to you all. <laughs>
2: We're just discussing the Google Songza uh, uh, acquisition. It's a weird name. Game of Thrones made that a weird name.
4: It's, <laughs> has nothing yeah, to do with it. Do we all agree that that songs has a better name than Google Play Music Unlimited Radio or whatever the heck it's called right now? <laughs> oh, <yeah.
0: laughs> a little quicker.
4: Rolls off the tongue a little quicker. Yeah.
3: But is I that why not just say Google Music?
2: <laughs> yeah. Just Google radio maybe. Because Google, Google Music. Music was free. All access is what you're paying for. What were you gonna say, Mike?
1: Well I, <clears throat> I was just gonna say I I get songs that that's, it's a good service, it's all right, it's kind of a me-too service, but what's Google need with it?
3: That's, that's what we said, maybe it's just the, the talent that, you know, talent acquisition. That, Yeah, they want to Or incorporate... maybe, they
1: have, maybe they have licensing agreements with mm-hmm. the record labels that Google wants to acquire.
2: I think yeah, it's the technology. Awesome. I, I, de- I think it's the technology. And just going off of what they said, that they are going to begin to incorporate this into Google Play Music and even YouTube maybe. So if it's YouTube too, it's it's just the algorithm that they've put together that picks things based on other sets of criteria, not just songs or genres. Yeah. Like it's this time of day. I'm doing this, feeling this, it's playing this. Yeah.
5: Situational
2: playlists—that
5: really
4: situational oh,
2: cool. playlists. <laughs> I like that.
4: Worth and it's well. pocket change. I mean, th- at that yeah. price, <laughs> I mean, for Google, it's pocket change. Obviously, I'm not right. gonna whip out my 39 million and you know go buy a, comp- a competitor. But um, I mean, if they if they would have done this and said we bought it because we needed a better name, I would have been like, okay, 39 million mil. <laughs> million well spent, good job guys um, but it's possible that there is some underlying technology that they want, um, they might want the talent, who knows but you know good for them I Somebody got
1: power. power to them
3: All right.
2: what else did you, Mike, did you see the uh, what was that Microsoft thing that they were talking about just recently, I can't even think of what the name is now you
1: know, though.
3: With Android?
1: Yeah. Oh, the Andro- the uh, Microsoft's new Android phone. Yes. Oh, yeah, the uh, Nokia X, right? Yeah, I've, I've forgotten the name of it. You know, it's it's Microsoft throwing something new up against the wall to see if it'll stick. I get what yeah. they're doing. They want people using the devices. So that, lo- that phone comes loaded with... Outlook and OneDrive and their uh their office web apps and um uh, Skype whatever whatever the other services are and that drives adoption to their service their installed service space okay well it kind of feels like a big yawn to me it's not a product mm-hmm. aimed at us guys it's a product aimed at uh Entry-level buyers.
3: So, do you think this is the Ken part two, or do you think they've learned something from that debacle years ago?
1: Well, if this product lasts more than a week, they'll have learned something. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. I don't know. I thought I kind of felt like the Ken was going for the for the juvenile market, and I don't. I feel this is more like sort of the underdeveloped world yeah. phone alternative. Yeah, the
5: Kin was a weird phone. It was really tiny compared to to others, you know, at the time. And, uh, yeah, I do think the audience was aimed for more of the teen, tween, that kind of, you know, demographic as opposed to, like, adults, which are the ones that mostly end up buying the phones. So,
1: I mean, the, th- the thing that really strikes me more than anything is, uh, if I'm going to have an Android phone, I sure as shooting want to have the Google apps, and the yeah. Gmail, the calendar, the maps, the search that go with Android. Uh, give me a break. What's the point otherwise?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like I no. said, I'm not their target market.
3: Yeah, you, you so mentioned apps the do you whole... get with this?
1: Uh, on
5: I mean, the what Nokia X uh, yeah. you get You get uh, a Microsoft-based Android app store, and they basically talk about, oh, you can sideload apps. And they're aiming for developer markets, but developing markets. But the problem is it's a very low-end phone. So, like, all the people that have been wanting an, a Nokia Android device for years, they're, they're still not really getting it. They're getting they're not getting a premium device. They're getting a really low-end device. It doesn't even compare well with Microsoft's own Windows phones of the similar
4: price point and performance. So I think you just nailed it, Nick. So this is this is their this is either the worst hedge ever or it's Microsoft wanting to be able to show, no oh, look at that Android stuff. That sucks. Please yeah. come over to Windows eight point one. Yeah.
5: I mean it doesn't it doesn't compare well even to like the five twenty that Mike picked up, you know, a few months ago. I mean it just doesn't. So
3: look at that mm-hmm. in comparison to the, the news from last week with Google going into emerging markets and having the, the lower-end phones and having all of the control over it for far as updates and so yeah. forth. You know, so Google is probably not even going to bat an eye at this whole Nokia X thing, right? Because of the hardware is sort of limited.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You have the Moto G, you have other lower-end Devices. Everyone yeah. wants that market because they've completely saturated this one. We've all got phones. We've all picked sides. We're either Samsung or HTC or Moto X or whatever. At least for two years, and then we'll pick sides
3: again depending on what's what. The thing is, the problem not- with you. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Eric.
4: The problem with Google's strategy with what they announced at Google I/O 2014 is that it assumes it assumes that people care. It assumes that the people that are buying these phones in the emerging markets, you know, that they're going to notice the difference. Like most you know, these these are people that most of the time when they buy a phone, it's preloaded with so much crapware and malware and viruses, yet they're still perfectly happy most of them. Because their needs are way different than, you know, what they might be for a for a lower end phone market here in the States. Um so i I think it's a really good idea. I just don't know that it's going to, you know, hit this you know, it's gonna hit the right cord or, you know, hit as heavy as they think it might. Um you know, just because it's a good experience, I'm not sure it's really gonna matter as much as they think. You know what gets me is even with all of that
3: in place as far as having these, these lower end phones at a decent price, we're still gonna have those you know, get your Moto X for free down the road. I mean, how's that gonna bite into the OEM's market share? Do they make enough on the front end or or is most of their money made on the back end of that stuff? Even with like the S four, I think they're giving away the S four nowadays and most most carriers yeah. and stuff. The too, money's so.
2: made in the contract, right? Yeah
5: for yeah for the carriers certainly yeah i mean cuz they're going to buy millions of these phones anyway so i mean they've already they've already you know made their commitment Today on I that end made it
3: up. all right okay yeah all right so i mean made now it it's for... just
5: how how can they make money from their customers and so they've got all this stuff in stock you know they they can make whatever deals they want to get customers into whatever you know you can buy a dollar phone on contract on some of these carriers and it's really a pretty decent phone but you know you end up paying through it through the subsidy built into the contract, so.
3: But I agree with you, you're not gonna hear any of those those people saying, you know, first world problems, they're they're just not. They're happy to get what they get. I would be curious to see like what
2: the list of of most complained about complaints at the complaint department are in those markets, because I bet they're different, like completely different than what we
3: we complain about in in these markets, right? They probably say something like my USB charger won't stay plugged in. You know, a real problem,
4: you know.
2: I got sand oh, down yeah, in the it's thing where you won't
4: pass it off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't cast my Chromecast. I'm guessing that that's probably number 1.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> There's no content here. I don't understand. Uh, let's see. Any, any other thoughts on that, Mike? Anybody?
1: No, I just okay. I'm just sort of st- stuck in neutral here, imagining life on Android without Google services.
3: Right. You know, take, <laughs> I take, mean,
1: take away my Google Maps and my I guess Waze would go too. Yeah. And... Well, I mean,
5: yeah, I'm gonna post this into the rundown, but there's a comparison on Phone Arena between the Nokia Lumia 520 and the Nokia X, you know, the one with Android. And the Mm -hmm. Nokia 520 is, like, about half the price real world compared to the Nokia X, and it's got better specs. So, I mean, I don't understand what the Nokia X serves, and that's the the first one. There's now a a Nokia X2 out, which is only marginally uh, better. I haven't looked at the specs, but I don't don't see what this Android version of a Nokia phone really does when it can't even compete with the Microsoft Windows phone alternative, much less Android. (laughs)
3: I think Mike said it best with me too product. Me too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh let's I, see. I, I want Microsoft to pull it together, but it just keeps not happening.
2: Michael King in the chat says I will stay on my iPhone and iOS. Well, and that's that's for <laughs> some people too. Uh you mentioned about imagine a life without, you know, the Google services. We were talking about the black phone. And that's kind of the only scenario where you would want a device that really doesn't have all of these features, right? Because you're trying to keep it as secure as possible. But normal everyday users, of course. Uh, let's see, Eric, tell us about the LG Chromebase. The cloud desktop is coming to our living oh, yeah. rooms. This is exciting.
4: <laughs> I thought this was great because you know, I actually use my Chromebook about as much as I use my, you know, let's call it my real computer, um, the one I'm on right now. Um, so the the LG Chromebase is basically just a, it's a touchscreen desktop, like think iMac, but it's running um, Chrome OS. Um, but at, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how much an, uh, an iMac costs nowadays. I mean, this is probably a about a quarter price. Eight
2: million dollars.
4: <laughs> Too much. A songza. Yeah. A song...
0: <laughs> it's,
4: Eighteen life. starts. Probably. So this thing, this thing is three hundred and twenty-nine dollars right now on Amazon, and I just, I thought it was really cool because it shows, it shows how Chrome OS is, is, you know, breaking out a little bit from the laptop space. And I could totally see this being pro. You know, if I had, if I had desk space, and if I had a spouse that was a little bit more understanding about having a seventh computer. It's something that I would <laughs> really enjoy.
1: <laughs> Only yeah, seven? What's the problem? Thank you, Mike.
2: It's the fact There's that no they're probably they're probably not all in one room. They're probably all spread about the house.
1: It's, it's a, a, it's a convenience.
2: Right? Yes. Terminals yeah. everywhere? Like, just got to check my pine real quick. Hold on, honey.
1: Well,
5: yeah, I mean, one of the advantages to these Chrome bases is, is that, you know, it's, it's an all-in-one computer, essentially, doesn't take up much space and it's actually a pretty decent screen. It's a twenty one point five inch screen, ten eighty p which is the smallest you tend to get a ten eighty P on a on a computer yeah. screen. You know, so that that's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. And uh it's it's pretty cool. I mean uh yeah so
3: someone asked me about it on Google Plus earlier today, um Tim McCusker, I believe is who it was. Uh and I was like in a word, hell yeah. You know, go ahead and do that, for because he's wanting to do it for his kids. And my example, my kids, they don't touch my Chromebook very often, but when they do, they're very comfortable with it. Why? Because they know Google Chrome. And and, and everything right you do. And do what they need to do, you know?
2: Everything you do is in that browser. Just about, yeah. I mean, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of our Google. disposable computing is done in the browser. Mm-hmm.
1: Google yeah, has really God. been pretty brilliant about about the strategy of rolling out these Chrome notebooks. If I were Microsoft, I'd be very, very worried. They're pretty, for sure. I would like one,
2: I think. I I, I definitely like the way they look, and they don't take up much room. I would probably rather have that than a Chromebook like laptop, just because I wouldn't carry it around with me. I, it would just live in the studio.
3: You know, I'd like to have both if I had the space for, for one more thing on this desk here. <laughs> but the, the Chromebook is the way I got to go now. I freaking yeah. love that thing. I use it more and more now than I ever realized I'd use it,
1: you know. The Chromebook, what do you do with it, Ant?
3: It's basically research and writing and keeping up with, with social, and it's all so quick, yeah, yeah, you know. And like anything yeah, in Google.
2: WordPress, right? You could do any anything really. That's web-based yeah, yeah. in it. Yeah, I use mine at work for
5: meetings. Whenever we do we, our weekly meetings, I have my Chromebook that I use use for that. So, it's pretty decent. So, I can do everything I need to there. Yeah. I can load up the portal that we use and all the other stuff that we deal with. So, have, have your Chromebook
3: is light.
0: What's that, Larry? Can you say that again, um, Larry. I I did a review a Chromebook thing. For me, a Chromebook kicks a tablets, butt. I don't... I think so. You know, I think that's maybe starting to... The tablet sales are starting to tail off, and I think maybe that's part of the reason why. Yeah.
3: But don't get you know, Larry me wrong, Larry, My tablet still has a place in my heart.
0: Where do you... Okay, where do you use the tablet and not the Chromebook?
3: Uh, as I'm walking around and... and Reading, reading emails, walking through the house, kind of thing.
5: Yeah, Um, it's still a little bit more mobile, and you don't need to like place it on anything. You can hold it, and you can be moving around, or you can lay down in bed. You don't have to worry about propping it up anywhere, that kind of stuff. And I think
2: airports, also, I would rather just travel with a tablet than like a full Chromebook, just because Chromebooks are so
0: small and.
2: Yeah, I like I like vision of just like perusing through the courtyard, checking emails and status updates, all like. Your yeah. Grace. I do, I
3: do that a lot, even at the you office. Guys walk in, you guys are going to walk into
0: polls. if you do that. <laughs> no, be right. I, I just <laughs> not the pole you over, got a, That, 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 right. is, that a is a risk weird. we're willing to take, sir. <laughs> I right. give you an application for that little desktop thing. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm sitting in a room right now. I guess my video is, Time Warner is really putting it to me. But I'm sitting <laughs> in a room with three PCs. And yep. basically, what it is, it's a kid arcade room. And it could just as easily be three of those little Chromebooks. It sure could. Uh, Chrome, whatever you call them, Chrome desktops. Chrome uh, tops. That, that looks like a killer.
4: It sure so could. So, to Larry's point and to Mike's point, so Mike, you said you said that Microsoft, you know, should you know they should be worried about this, and I, I think they definitely are. And it sort of fits in with what what Larry said about you know does you know could this replace tablets because it did for me. It replaced my ten inch. And if you if you look, there's a story I th- just threw into the doc um, that uh, I read yesterday, and it was talking about how El- Los Angeles school districts are shifting away from the iPad yeah. um, to Windows and Chromebook. So – and we've seen a lot of – you know, Google's put in so much money into getting Chromebooks into schools that I, I think that it really could create a shift away from tablets, and I think that it really could create a shift away from Windows – as we move into a world where, you know, for 90% of people, they're doing all their work in a web browser.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
5: know, one thing, you can lock down a notebook or a Chromebook, and you can't really do that for a tablet. There's Kensington locks pretty much as a standard on any sort of a notebook of any of any type. So that's something that, that you tend to want in a school district. So you can give them iPads, which are really expensive, or you can give them another type of a tablet, which can be less expensive. You can get them a Chromebook for a couple hundred bucks at, at, a, at an educational discount price and then lock it down to the classroom. So, or a Chrome base for not much more, for a much larger uh, screen, so. so another, in, is you know.
1: anyone in this panel at all interested in a Microsoft Surface tablet? You know the Surface Pro 3, it's thin, it's lightweight, it's got a long battery life.
5: I would and have been more interested in a Surface Mini, but they, they can that idea. So they're just going with the Surface 3, the the larger one. And, and that's interesting to me, but to me that's a little bit too large for a tablet. But uh, anyway, so that's my personal take.
3: I like the Surface Pro 3 myself, Mike. Um, I just couldn't afford it. It's the and price I point. I also like the yeah. Samsung um, Note Pro, the 12-inch one. Yeah. I I, I like that too. Um, I have a couple of colleagues that owns one of those. And I remember seeing it uh, at CES and was thinking, man, a 12-inch tablet is too big. But when you think about it being, you know, somewhat of a laptop replacement with the little detachable keyboards and stuff, that as well as the Surface Pro. I think it would work. I, I just couldn't afford that that price range. Even with yeah. this, the Chromebook stuff, I still have a limit on that because of what the OS is currently capable of doing. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to spend too much more. I think that $300 for that Chrome base is the is the right price for that. You
0: know, and you're you're going to like the next version of Chromebooks. They'll be faster for the same the same prices. Yeah. Maybe you'll like that. Yeah. You, you know, I can't. As you're talking about Microsoft, uh, my guess is Microsoft sees the handwriting on the wall, and they're going to try to get all their office and all this stuff, everything they do browser-based as quickly as they can. Um, what do you guys think of that? Well,
1: I, I agree. I think you're right, Larry. It's just a question of how many users are they going to have left, and how much further along is Google going to be, by the time uh, Microsoft really gets its job, its act together.
0: Well, is how, okay, and I, and I guess I don't know. How does the current versions of Google, all the Google Drive apps, where you know the spreadsheet, and all that? How do they compare to what Microsoft has? You know, isn't Microsoft going to be able to compete well with that, with their, with uh, you know, the Office? Uh, like, have you guys, fit, I haven't, have you fiddled with Office on the on the iPad? Is it cool?
1: I haven't.
4: I haven't. No, I but, but I was trying iPad. to sign up for, oh, sorry. Aunt.
3: I said, no, I don't own an iPad. Uh, I'd like to see it,
0: though. Yeah. Like, I've got a, uh, what do they call it, a OneDrive account. And yeah. That's really cool, man. I mean, it does, I don't know, I, I'm sure there's some subtle difference, but I don't see any big functional difference between that and and Google Drive, um, and Goog- and you know Microsoft. I mean, how many Word users are there? How many PowerPoint users are there? I, I think they can still do really well against Google in applications.
5: Like that. They just need to I keep hope, evolving. I hope. I hope. Well, they need to keep evolving so they can stay competitive. They've had that competitive advantage for for decades, really. But you know, you're seeing these other you know services like the Google yeah. services compete and in some ways do better. So uh, Microsoft's Microsoft is real slow to pivot, or to change, or to adapt, and so they just need to keep working on it. Like IE has been really slow to, to catch up with Chrome and Firefox, for example, and that's just that's just an one app. And just historically, they've been slow. They'll make a change, they're going in the wrong direction, takes a year to figure out they're going the wrong direction, and eventually decide to you know, revert these changes, You know, and they're losing billions of dollars in doing so.
0: so that's because they were so committed to Windows. But what if they're starting to think of themselves as an office company now, and we want Office to run everywhere? Uh, and oh well, Windows is last, you know, last decade. Uh, it seems to me on that, uh, they have a good chance to do better than Google Docs.
5: Yeah, oh, well, I know that they split up their divisions to where it's more. They've redesigned the company to where like they have a division for like Windows, a division for Office, essentially a division, you know, obviously for Xbox and other. Devices, you know, now they have a their own hardware division that includes phones, so they're adjusting a little bit to be more like
0: Apple in that aspect. But it took them years to do that. But maybe that's why they got this new CEO. I mean, maybe that's his trip. Hey, let's let Office go crazy and if well,
5: well he's he comes from the from their cloud services division. I'm not even sure what it was called, right. but he's a big cloud-centric guy, and everything he wants to do, he wants to have functionality built in for cloud with that service. So that's why you're going to see, you know, Xbox One when it was announced, like 300,000 servers knows the back end for all the cloud services and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're they're going to focus more on the cloud because other companies have been, like like Google and to some extent Apple. So that's their new focus, their real big focus right now, cloud services.
1: You know, where I see Microsoft falling down in their, uh, or, or lagging in their office, Web apps is in collaboration. I I still think Google set has set the standard very high for collaborative tools within um, uh, Google Docs, and I know that's on the Microsoft web apps roadmap. But boy, they've got a long ways to catch up.
3: What are the collaboration tools? Just just Google Docs, Mike. Like simultaneous editing. Can you do that? Simultaneous editing. Three, four, five. That's about the only thing, right, is the Google Docs.
2: (laughs) What if QuickBooks goes into Chrome OS? There's so many offices and businesses I go into that, like, the secretary, she runs QuickBooks. She's on a PC, like full PC, uh, and then just doing a bunch of browser stuff, Facebook, uh, et cetera. But you need that. We need it, too, at our office to run the books, obviously. Um. I think you could do that in Chrome OS, and then you could totally get rid of... Like, there's a huge market there you could replace with with Chrome OS. Not worry about security updates, not worry about any of that crap that happens in offices because people click on stuff. I mean, you still have to worry about some, but, you know, I think that'd be... Well, can't you
4: currently do that? Isn't there
2: QuickBooks online? Yeah, but I don't think it's, like, full functionality, like, to run... A business that you would need, maybe I don't know. I haven't looked. We're still trying to get out of this old like Linux database thing and put it all in. But yeah,
1: what we're still you, messing up you, what, with Tab Three. What you can find is uh, QuickBooks is hosted QuickBooks, where someone will stand up a um, application server and serve you QuickBooks, and um, Quicken licenses a number of providers to sell that.
2: Into it, yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. Into it does,
2: but it's like a lot of the same functionality. We can have it open in two spots in two different computers and make changes to the tables and everything. It seems like you would want something like that
4: in Chrome OS. I I don't. I, I I get that. Like what we're what we're talking about is is kind of collaboration, but you know um. Shane brady uh clued me into this uh this website this app called slack and if you if you go look at that like that to me seems like what Google and Microsoft and everybody should be doing for collaboration you know it because it it has the chat it has everything all built into one um where in essence when we say collaboration nowadays, all we are talking about or most people are talking about is um simultaneous editing which I don't know. It just it doesn't seem very interesting to me anymore.
5: That's just one feature uh, among many basically. And apparently Slack does a lot more than that like with with chat built in. So, I've not personally used it myself. I have heard of it. I think you had mentioned it to us Andor Shane on a AOTA episode, but yeah. But
2: cool. Eric, you remember when simultaneous editing first happened and we were like that is Pretty awesome. Blew my mind. Right now he's just like, now you spit in the lie. face of it and take it for granted. That's fine eric You should just no, I'm, go I'm just go saying. back to it's Facebook, it's Eric, gross, and How many years ago? play <laughs> your little Facebook games and just be on Facebook, <laughs> Eric,
4: and just get my emojis. Hold on, just get your emojis, frowny oh, face, <laughs> and get on Facebook. Day, I hate to. I'm going to be like Mike,
0: play the old fire card. But everything you guys are talking about was running at Xerox Park in the nineteen in nineteen seven.
2: That's true. <laughs> Have you been watching See? that show? What's that show called? Burn uh, Halton Catchfire? Halton Catchfire? No. No. It's about that. About that. About like the first uh, what IBM clones, reverse engineering the BIOS and all that crap.
0: Oh, yeah, I watched one episode of that. Has it gone on? How it's it?
2: all right. I don't know. I've been watching it. It's not the greatest, but it's, it's all right. It's not no Pirates of, of Silicon Valley or anything. <laughs> is Silicon Valley
0: going to have another season, speaking
2: of that? I sure hope so. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. That yeah. seemed
0: dumb, the first episode. I got really hooked
2: on that. It's so good.
4: I'll keep going. You will, you will cringe, you will laugh, and then it will make you rethink your life. It's a really good show <laughs> I remember that episode <laughs>
2: oh man all right Eric, tell us about this horrendous Facebook study, but it
4: it's I mean it's uh, I don't know I don't know too much about it I'm not the expert but apparently Facebook um, decided to uh, you know purposely show some people certain stories that might be positive certain stories that might be negative in their feeds to see how it how it affected their mood so what this comes Um, down to
2: is facebook may or may not have been uh responsible for a couple school shootings perhaps showing too many sad pictures makes people angry but you can't tell me like you have all this all these people looking at screens like you wouldn't want you wouldn't be tempted at all to be like i wonder what happens if we
0: show them cats
5: all yeah, the Facebook time. made me do it instead of Doom, made me do it, I
0: guess. Well, Facebook screws around with what they show you in order to get you to click on things. Yeah, because they like it, money. They, they In the news feed, they filtered out, they randomly selected a lot of people and filtered out happy stories, and another group they filtered out sad stories. And lo and behold, the postings those people made subsequently were affected you know, in a statistically significant way, but not you know they didn't go out and kill themselves
2: this is kind of like what that's Charles not Manson
0: it, did. it was doing research without getting
5: permission from the subject. notified yeah, I mean, you weren't told you're were being in that study or being subjected
2: to that type of but that would ruin change. It. if you were told that would ruin it, you can't be told, plus it's their site like you're using their stuff i I mean I don't care either way, I think it's kind of amusing that that's what they that that's what they're doing. <laughs> with all of this, with all of us. But it it's their stuff. You're using their stuff. They could show you D's all day and you couldn't do a thing about it because it's their, it's their stuff.
1: Yeah, for me, that's what this story says, which is it, it confirms my worst fears about Facebook, which is that there, there are a bunch of people at the other end of that service that are just running it for their own amusement. Well, and, this was,
0: you know, the other thing, this was done by... Uh, so, you know, uh, univer- it was a research, university research project yeah. and the way people learned about it was they published a paper on the results so, and in the university, if you're going to do experiments on subjects you have to either get, like somebody said, signed consent or you have to get a review board at your university to approve it and I guess from an ac- in the academic world that sounds a little bit uh, dodgy
5: but, yeah, and the, the thing is, they the, the way they got around that was essentially by working with Facebook and their terms of condition, you know, that's basically, you know.
0: Facebook's, they're clear. They, it says in there, the thing you, that everybody clicks on, that you can do whatever you want, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we like may experiment
5: it. on you like lab rats.
2: Clearly, you didn't read the terms of service, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Actually, nobody ever has. Never. No one. Yeah, that's <laughs> unfortunately not. Actually, one guy in Alaska read him one winter. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead now. Yeah. He's he's
4: still reading it, actually. <laughs> yeah, <he's>
0: still <laughs> work
2: on it.
4: <laughs> well, I see. doubt it, but I would love it if this if this like created some sort of outcry and uh, and turned into you know like it that it it brought some light to this this idea that terms of services are b s and
2: what yeah. everyone got mad and went to diaspora what do you what do you want to happen
4: no i i this whole thing where where courts have upheld that like you you know that that you can be held um you know legal legally liable if you break terms of service. I would love it if they said no that's that's bullcrap you know go away if you want somebody to commit to something, actually have them sign a contract. Like yeah. the terms of services have just become a way that you know lawyers can copy and paste, uh, and then you know make a quick buck. Sure, um, I mean, I'm actually, sure half of the stuff don't, aren't even relevant in in terms of service for most uh, most organizations or services.
0: And have, have any of you guys ever even once thoroughly read one of those things? Before? No.
1: Are you crazy?
2: Only yeah, the the I, ones that make you scroll to the end before it'll let you click OK. Like It's like, I know you didn't read that stuff, but then I still, read, you're not reading uh, it. You're reading for the box that says OK, and then you're clicking that.
3: I read the, the terms of service for getting a vanity URL.
2: Oh, you did, and that's why your URL's still like a random okay. string of encrypted hash exactly. poop.
3: Exactly. Exactly, because there was a piece in there that talked about um, um, how they could own certain content or something. It was something to that effect, where whatever I posted under that, they had the right to to keep it or some shit like that. And I said, Nope. Yeah,
2: we basically own your content. Know, you, Tonight's you yeah, know. it's brought to you by Google. We're in your head.
0: You know, I, I'll tell you a related thing. I've noticed in my behavior. Maybe you guys the same. These things where you use Facebook or Google or somebody as a as a to uh, you know sign on to a website. I know, do. Instead of setting up your own account. I do
2: all the time because yep. it's awesome. Okay. It's one I click. I
0: used to read those things and say, "Whoa, oh, why do they need to see my address?" But it used to, I used to get, and sometimes I wouldn't do it and I'd set up an independent account. Black now phone. I, they'd screw it and click on it. See, if you, you guys, had the
2: black
4: phone, you wouldn't worry about that because it would just send just poop data. It yeah. its the—I I don't even know what you would call it. It's like people are exasperated with all of this stuff. Like they—they they just don't care anymore. It's like when you—you you download an app and then, you know, Google. I'm—I'm try, I'm guessing trying to trying to do the right thing. They show you how many permissions this app wants, and you know you're you're making that judgment call in your head. You're probably not even looking at it. You're saying you know what, but I really just want to access It's to all or button. nothing, though. That's yeah. the problem. If you could actually go through that list
2: and say yes, no, yes, yes, no, yes, no, people would be more in tune. They would be less fatigued with it. But yeah, it's but just, just all yeah, it
5: is. If is a say no or yes to any of it, you're basically having to say yes to all of it. It's all or nothing. Looking, right. down, yeah, looking down for that yes button. Yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. All right, uh,
5: Larry. I'm putting
3: this here in chat there. This is from the um, terms of service for your vanity URL. This is another thing. We may
0: start charting. Custom URLs are... Once a million people know your URL. (laughs) Once we got you, baby. But then you can just... I'm
3: not going to use a custom URL right now. i just give them whatever it is out there. And, hell, most people can just go to Google and type in Ant Pruitt or Larry Press. Nine times out of ten, your freaking Google Plus profile is going to come up first anyway, so that's Spendation true check this right, out
2: yeah. eric's mom yeah totally that's totally her profile i'll screen share hold on no i'm kidding well i mean if I'm you're
5: active you're you're likely going to show up first as opposed to someone that you know had it and then never used it so
2: well, that and remember the auth link like if you use that in any of your blogs yeah. or anything that will also help help that but uh, all right. Speaking of Google, I'm kind of curious about this. I want Larry to tell us about Larry, uh, Eric Schmidt going to Havana,
0: possibly. Yeah, no, yes. he went.
2: Did he? He did.
0: He and three other executives. Who went over
2: tell us on. about it. what what what's they going on. They went to Havana.
0: They were there for a couple of days. They, he did a blog post describing the trip. They met with um, some with, uh, with. they went to this one university. This kind of. Tech University of uh, in Havana, and they met with some dissident bloggers. Do you guys know Joanny Sanchez? That name ring a bell? You told us Maybe. about her, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I told you, but
1: that I'll tell can... you now.
0: She she was the first really kind of rock star dissident blogger in Cuba, but there's a bunch of them now. So she organized a meeting with them, and they, and they met with unnamed government officials, and. The reason they gave for the trip was to, quote, promote the, a free and open Internet. And if, if you guys don't know, you could probably guess, Cuba is one of the least uh, connected uh, nations on the planet. They, have, they don't, ju- instead of just filtering stuff and, and blocking stuff, they just don't let people be able to afford access. So um, that's what happened. And here's a piece of totally wild-ass speculation. Could it be that Google is thinking of maybe feel, at least feeling out the guys to do a moonshot of providing connectivity to Cuba, the Cubans? Uh, and I, I blog about this quite a bit, but Google has made significant investments in satellite and uh, high-altitude platform connectivity projects. Um, and that Cuba can't afford... Uh, real fiber infrastructure at this point. They've got a cable coming to the island, but they don't have any infrastructure to speak up on the island. And so it seems to me that if Cuba would go for it, which I think is an extremely long shot, uh, satellite connectivity could really make a difference in that country, and Google maybe is in a position to provide it. So, But that's pure speculation, wishful thinking. But anyhow, so, that's
4: Larry, the you, you probably know more about this than I do, but, I mean, it... Is Google, is Google in a legal spot to provide access? Like, would they would they be allowed to as a U.S. company?
0: Okay, I actually the, the the way the laws are now, I think maybe yes. But you're right. They it would take. It's it's a three problem three hurdle problem. One is the technology, but the other two problems are much tougher. Are the U.S. government embargo and the toughest of all. Cuba's willingness to let people, yeah. have connectivity.
5: They would have to have their own like facility or business or whatever, actually in Cuba to even have a leg to stand on to, to even
0: offer that service. You know, well, get, right given. now Cuba's right now no Cuba would it would take vast policy change in Cuba, no doubt. That's yeah. why I say this is a political moonshot more than technical. Yeah, uh, I did a blog post a while ago. I mean, this could be done with with you know shit huge satellite. Internet connectivity could do it if Cuba let it. What Cuba has done, their track record so far is not too good. Uh, as people try, as USAID, your State Department, the American government uh, has tried a couple of times. Yes, has tried a couple of times to sneak home satellite equipment into Cuba, and it's, and one got busted, and one actually the guy bringing it in got caught, and he's now in prison for fifteen it's a real infamous case but so the Cuban government would have to totally change its attitude and there are two things blocking that I think one is political fear and the other is that the internet in Cuba is controlled by the government and it's a source of, of income and I don't think they would like a competitor uh, so it's a long shot but I just couldn't help speculating about it wishing that it could happen um uh, yeah, I've done a couple of pretty long blog posts on, along those lines. But uh, anyhow, Eric Schmidt went there. Why did he go? I don't think he went just for the hell of it. And I wonder if they didn't discuss uh, something like instead of Google Fiber, Google Air. Because Google's got now, they, they've got this, uh, what is it, O3B deal. They're going to have eight satellites. They, they will have continuous coverage. Uh, you know, they'd be able to serve Cuba. Um, or anybody else in the, you know, within forty-five degrees of the equator. Uh, so they're they're up to something. They're not just screwing around with stuff. I don't know. If not Cuba, they will connect the develop. They'll connect all those people with the hundred-dollar cell. Yeah.
2: You also wrote about Stockholm and their nineteen years of municipal internets. Yeah. Is that working out so- well for them? It seems it is. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Stockholm uh, has. I hear a dog. I don't think it's mine. Is it so Yad?
2: I don't have dogs anymore, so it must Yad be
0: Yad. A, a, Yad went to. Bed. Oh well. Uh, yeah, Stockholm. They. I just uh, did a post on a report, sort of a 19-year, you know, status report, and they, you know, they have had uh, this what they call stock AB, stock incorporated which is a a company, a corporation that's owned by the city of Stockholm. So it's a municipal outfit, and they are not a retail Internet service provider, but they are a wholesale uh, provider of access to uh, underground tunnels, to dark fiber, to uh, rooms where companies can put equipment and interchange packets. And then they invite anybody that wants to to be an ISP uh, or a Commercial, you know, a customer on top of that, and yeah, I mean the it's it's worked out very, very, very well. And they just did a report, sort of summarizing how well it's worked out over the nineteen years that it's been in existence. And um, you know, they should should every uh, every FCC every every executive in the whole world should have to read that, respond to his people. Uh, I mean, if I if I lived in Sweden now, in Stockholm, I would not be even worrying about not having Google Fiber, and I wouldn't be hating Time Warner Cable and so on and so forth. <laughs> uh, check out. There's I put in the rundown a, a graph showing the the return on that investment, and it and by the way, App doesn't cost the Swedish taxpayer a penny. It breaks even. It makes a profit. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that is, as far as I know, the oldest, there are many others, but it's the oldest uh, municipal wholesale networking effort around. Um, I did a blog post about 10 years ago, something about, uh, you know, geez, if you lived in Stockholm, you'd be getting this, whatever it was at the time, 50 megabits per second for 20 bucks a month. I don't remember these. But, I mean, it's just wonderful.
3: It can work there, but it can't work here, is what you're saying.
0: I think it could work here fine if it weren't for the political and or lobbying green. power. Time. Well, yeah. I mean, they're enforcing I, fairness, right? I, these bastards. Wow. Uh, yeah. I used to live in Sweden. It makes me want to move back. <laughs> no. Do you, that, um,
1: Do
0: you think that
1: Stockholm is a very city? livable city?
0: Yeah, it's oh. cold. I, hey, <laughs> I got there on Midsummer's Day. It was freezing and raining. <laughs> But anyhow, go on. What?
4: No, that's why I want to do – so do you agree with uh, Tom Wheeler when he says that um, the big problem with Internet in America is that, you know, states need to get out of the way of, you know, yeah. these Absolutely. cities and municipalities? That's,
0: that is such a positive thing. You know, everybody's saying, oh, making fun of him, uh, that he's, you know, came from the cable industry and all that, and lobbyists, blah, blah, blah. But when he says that, I think that's really great. Uh, because that is a, you know, there's something like 19 states that have laws against municipalities doing that. Um, and for sure, that, I'm glad to hear him say that. I don't know if he has any authority to make it happen. I don't know about that, but he sure is saying it. And I take that as a real positive step in the right direction. Go, Tom. That's cool. Did, uh, you, guys see the, did you guys see the thing that, uh, what's the guy's name? Oliver, the comedian?
2: John Oliver. John.
0: Did you see that thing he did on on, uh, on yes. uh, internet connectivity? Yes. And, uh,
2: did you call? see the rebuttal yeah, and then the rebuttal to the rebuttal?
0: Yeah, I, did. I saw the rebuttal, but not the rebuttal rebuttal.
2: That's so good. The FCC guy was like, clearly I'm not a dingo.
0: Yeah, he was funny, though. <laughs> I, I was so like, yeah. This yeah, is a dingo. That's so but good. What was the rebuttal rebuttal?
2: Uh, I think he basically said you can't actually prove that you're not a dingo or something like that. I don't remember. Um, did you guys see this? The Massachusetts top court, they ruled that a criminal suspect can be ordered to decrypt the seized computer. Before that was what part of like incriminating yourself, right? But Yeah. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, a good article on Ars Technica. Uh, we'll, re- we'll link to in the show notes. If you want to read more about
4: it, I just wanted to mention that. Well, one thing just to throw out there is that with this case, what I'm reading is that the person in question stated that the incriminating evidence was on a computer. And, you know, I am I'm not a lawyer and I have no legal training, so I don't know why that makes a difference. But supposedly because he had already said it's on there, um, it would be akin to saying, oh, the, the files you're looking for are in that safe, and that they can compel you because it's a what what they call a foregone conclusion that there is, you know, that the evidence is in there and that you're just not letting anybody get to it. If if he would have just kept his mouth shut and and not said a thing, um then, you know, according to the Massachusetts ruling, he would not have had to give it up. So I I don't know necessarily that it's it's as widespread or as far-reaching as what it is being made out to be, but You know, it does make one pause for for a moment.
0: Is it just in Massachusetts? That was the court
2: that ruled, so it's just a state thing. For now. The Massachusetts Supreme Court. It only applies to the state. They say various other courts at the state and federal level have disagreed as to whether being forced to type in a decryption password is a violation of the Fifth Amendment right to protect against self-incrimination uh, and its state equivalents that they say Article 12 of the Massachusetts Declaration of Rights, for example. So, um, I'll put a link to the show notes uh, at yetanothertexture.com. We should probably wrap this thing up. You guys, it's been a fantastic 100 episodes. Thanks to Michael King in the chat for hanging out. Uh, Aunt Pruitt, <laughs> any, anything you want to plug or mention? I know you got point and shoot tomorrow evening.
3: Tomorrow's point and shoot, and the subject at hand is... Summer panoramic shots. I wasn't able to participate because of the freaking rain here, or it's you know 200 degrees outside and my camera will melt. Ha. But, um, should have got the white have, one, huh,
2: with the wood back.
3: Oh my gosh! But yeah, we got that going on as well as, um, just more content coming up on smartphone photographers.com. Nice.
2: Anyone else got anything they want to mention? Nick, you got a video or anything you've coming up with? You mentioned on AOTA last night.
5: Yeah, I finally uh, came out with my Android L uh, thoughts video. I sort of rambled for about five minutes on what I thought about the new version of Android that's coming out, some of its features, and how it's going to sort of unite a lot of the other devices out there that will end up running it down the line, like your automobile with Android Auto or your low-end smartphone with android one all that kind of stuff so just had a video out on that um so i even made a sort of a late night rant before i went to bed it was like a, why i love youtube so it was like me rambling for 10 minutes on on youtube about youtube so and then of course minutes. yeah 13 minutes yeah
2: like <laughs> i didn't know
5: when to stop so i just kept going it's always but, good
2: uh, to end the day that way right just yeah. like get it out there yeah, and nice. then other
5: than that, of course, every uh, Tuesday, uh, Eric, myself, and occasionally Ant and some others join you on Attack uh, of the Androids. So just that's usually what's going on every week.
2: <laughs> that's right. Tuesday's Attack of the Androids, Wednesday's Yats, Thursday's Point and Shoot. We almost have your week covered. Uh, and of course, <laughs> check <laughs> out yeah. inyudomain.net for a bunch of our cool tech writings from us and our friends. Uh, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. If you subscribe on iTunes, make sure you give us a review. We appreciate that. And hang out on the major social networks. Get studied on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter and the Google Plus page and community. So, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll
1: catch you next week. Thanks, everyone. It's it's Back next week for 101. Ah!
2: Listening to yet another tech show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.